I saw a social media update that somebody is opening a franchise in Vegas. Is this true? Olivia demanded. She stood across the display case from Mel in her blue chef's coat, looking like she wanted some dough to knead, or more accurately, some butt to kick. Mel glanced at Marty, and he shook his head. She turned back to Tate and Angie and glared. Tate gave her a sheepish shrug. Just promoting the business, he said. What if it is true? Angie asked. What are you going to do about it? She turned and strode toward Olivia, looking like she was getting ready to do some damage. To Olivia's credit, she didn't even flinch, which was saying something since the two of them had tussled before. Tate deftly slid in between Angie and Olivia and looped his arm around Angie's shoulders, anchoring her to his side. He met Mel's gaze over Angie's head and gave her a bug-eyed look that she interpreted to mean he wanted her to take the discussion elsewhere. Right, because Olivia was about as easy to move as a three-day-old cupcake at full price. Feeling cranky about the Vegas sitch, she opted to go on the offensive instead. Maybe we are franchising. What's it to you? Tate's eyes almost popped out of his head, while Marty clapped his hands onto his bald dome as if he had just witnessed a car crash and had no idea what to do. I'll tell you what's it to me, princess, Olivia snarled, with a tasty knuckle sandwich. She began to roll up her sleeves. Mel stepped around the counter. She was feeling just ornery enough to welcome a scuffle. She and Olivia started to circle each other like two boxers squaring off in a ring. I can serve up a pretty mean five across the lip when I want to, Mel said. She hoped she was the only one who heard the lack of confidence in her voice. Truth to be told, when upset, she was more of a snacker than a fighter. Code blue, Tate said to Marty. What? Marty squawked. Code blue, Tate yelled. The veins in his neck began to swell, and Mel wondered how much pressure he was exerting to keep Angie in place. We talked about this. This is a code blue situation. I can't remember what code blue means, Marty cried. Think, Tate growled. Marty's face puckered up with effort. Then he broke into a smile. Oh, yeah. With a smooth move the likes of which was only seen in Fred Astaire movies, he hopped onto the counter, spun around, and slid over the top of it, dropping to his feet right in front of Olivia. She looked surprised, and then went to push him aside, but Marty wasn't having it. No, Liv, Marty said. We need to talk. Olivia made a face like she just tasted something sour. You don't want me to pound your boss, she said. She sounded put out about the whole thing, and Mel felt behooved to protest. Who says you're going to pound me? I could take you, Mel said. She lifted her arm and flexed her muscle. It sagged, and she hastily put her arm down. This thing between you and me, Marty said. He pointed from him to her and back. We need to make it official. Olivia blinked. Her mouth trembled, and her eyes got watery with tears. Oh, Martin, I don't know what to say. That's right, he said. He puffed out his chest as if he was quite proud of himself for coming to this place in life. I think it's time you became my girlfriend. 
Olivia's face fell. What? That's right, he said. I want to formally make you my main squeeze. Olivia propped her hands on her hips and glared. So what? I get a dresser drawer in your bedroom of my very own now? Is that the elevated status you're offering me? I thought you'd be happy, he said. You're always asking me where this is going. I figured we could make our coupleness official-like. Official-like? What does that even mean? We've been dating for over six months. I thought I already was your girlfriend, she said. Oh, Marty said. He cast Tate a worried look, who helped him out with a cringe and a shrug. Martin Zelaznik, you're about as romantic as a case of beer, Olivia snapped. Hey, beer can be very romantic, Marty argued. To a knuckle.